Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us here at We Watched a Thing. Billy, how are you, my friend? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just had this funny thing at my desk where it it popped up with consider changing your password because it expires in in two weeks, which is funny because I won't be here in two weeks. Yeah, which has me devastated. I lied when I said I'm doing well. I'm I'm beyond shattered. I'm looking forward to my new job. Well, that's good for you. I'm I'm gonna miss you. Mm, I mean, it's, I just don't like the people here. <laughs> well, that's kind of hurtful, mate. Right here. <laughs> You'll miss me, though. I sure will. So that that's it, everybody. Podcast over. We're done. Yep. Last episode ever. <laughs> it's not really, is it? You, you Like, you are actually worried, aren't you? I, yeah, I really am worried that I'll just never see you again. Um, no, I couldn't do that to the listenership. Both of you. It's not about me at all. It's not about still hanging out with your buddy. No. No. All right. Well, for our last time, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about um, something that's kind of a meditation on a man's struggle with loneliness and his place in the universe. Obviously, Rambo, Last Blood. <laughs> um, did you hear anything about Last Blood? I hear it's not good. Yeah, I heard it was abysmal. Which, like, shock me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice to be coming off our big Titanic episode, though, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing about that episode. Yep. Longest episode we've ever done. You don't feel the runtime. <laughs> Much like the film itself. <laughs> um, onto a film that you do feel the runtime of. Let's talk about Ad Astra. Sure. Ad Astra, 2019 American science fiction adventure film, produced, co-written, and directed by James Gray, starring Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Negger, Liv Tyler, and Donald Sutherland. And what's it about, Toph? Oh, it's a meditation on a man's struggle with loneliness and his place in the universe. Okay. Not unlike Rambo. <laughs> uh, yeah, made, of course, by James Gray, whose last film, Lost City of Zed, I thought was quite good, and that was despite having Charlie Hunnam in the lead, which, for me, is quite an obstacle to enjoying something. Uh, yeah, Charlie Hunnam to Brad Pitt, big upgrade. <laughs> well, I think Lost City I mean, That's is- like going from you to me. Why is- <laughs> um, I think the idea originally was that Brad Pitt would be in Lost City of Zed. Oh, really? And then it just didn't work out scheduling-wise. Pitt was still, a, I believe, a producer. Too similar to World War Z. Do you, you know what? That probably would have happened. People would have thought yeah. it was the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, honestly, yeah. That would have been something for the marketing team to overcome. Yep. Anyway, veering back to the topic. <laughs> what did you think of Ad Astra? I'm a, I'm a little bit torn. I'm more keen to hear what you thought of it because I am a bit torn on the film. I knew very little going in and I think I expected to like it a lot more than I did, possibly because I knew so little. I'm not sure. Where are you on the film? Because this film seems to be divisive. You either love this film or hate this film from what I can read. Right. I've seen the, the reaction I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive. Right. Um, sometimes co-host of the show, Beth, um, did not like the film at all. Uh, she said that she would be generous to give it a five. Um, and from what I've seen online, yeah, it's kind of split 50-50. So, where are you on the film? Like yourself, I'm quite torn. Yeah. There's things about the film I love. There's things about the film that do not work for me at all. I will say this. 
it's my favourite Brad Pitt performance of 2019. This will help him win the Oscar for, for once, once upon a time. time. Yep. Because it gets to be like a have an Oscar for 2019. I agree. He's not winning an Oscar for this, but yep, I agree that this will help push him along to win an Oscar I for th- that. I genuinely think he's fantastic in the film. Yeah, same. For me, he's the reason to see the film. Um, his performance and the visuals are really, as far as I'm concerned, probably the two, I would say, almost only reasons to see the film. I was expecting something a lot more introspective and thoughtful and first five ten minutes i'm like this is really cool i'm in this universe i'm enjoying it and then you get into some straight up sci-fi hokum bullshit and it turns into a pretty stock standard sci-fi action thriller which i was not expecting i I wasn't expecting like solaris or interstellar but i thought it would be closer to those than what we got which turned a little bit more like i said action thriller and i just wasn't about that i don't think well, the film was the marketing I saw for the film was action thriller because that's how you get bums on seats. Um, I'm not with you in that really? that's what the film is. The film is very much meant to be this really meditative, introspective film, which at two hours, I don't think it gives itself room to breathe no, that's, and sit in that space. That's my issue too. I feel like that's what it wanted to achieve and not what it did. I feel like, you know, particularly you get those moments of Brad Pitt's voiceover, for example, which are really nicely done. And he is, like, his acting is outstanding. But he's not enough to carry that when the runtime, as you said, is only two hours. And I think more than half of that is taken up with crap sci-fi action scenes. You literally have a car chase on the moon. You've got killer apes like you've got all these things that keep happening which just try put action into the film which i don't think are needed and all they do is distract from what the film might be trying to do and for me that it just it missed the mark i really like the chase on the moon i especially like the the low gravity driving off a cliff <laughs> if this was fast and furious they'd survive some <laughs> you know they'd survive somehow yeah and it would be absolutely daft yeah and they go off the cliff and i was like well they're not going to go off the cliff because that's like that's not this film and they go off the cliff but yeah of course (laughs) they just float down like essentially you mentioned the voiceover uh i don't subscribe to voiceover is lazy voiceover is cheating never do it some of my favorite films oh there's some brilliant examples clockwork Uh, orange fight club adaptation little children love those voiceovers yeah i borderline hated the voiceover in this film. See, I'm with you. It was telling me things that I would just so much rather have got from Roy's actions. And like we said, I think Pitt's fantastic in the role. He's absolutely capable of giving us that if the script just allows him to do it. And this is why I'm torn, because I'm with you. I hated the voiceover. It was one of my most hated elements of the film, and yet for me... That was the only thing that brought it back to what I feel like the filmmakers were trying to achieve. It reminded me of those old, do you remember the Chanel ads that Brad Pitt did? Where no. it's just black and white and it's him just standing on a wall rambling. And he's, wherever you go, there you are. Just like talking to himself. That's what the voiceover reminded me of. It, it was cheesy. In scenes like, and like I loved the scene where he's, <laughs> funnily enough, he's just recording a voice yeah. to send out to his father. And like I think he's astonishing in those scenes. So the film, it, it can, this is like why I'm really torn on it. When it works for me, it really works. But 
it wasn't consistent across the two hours. And that's only partly because the person next to me in the cinema kept looking at their, their smartwatch in a really distracting manner. Well, that's interesting because the guy next to me had no shoes on. So. <laughs> Which is worse. It was a very empty cinema. No one cared that my shoes were off. Uh, I did. I was two seats along because we had so much space. It was fine. You brought up Interstellar just before. Yeah. Um, same cinematographer. Yeah, okay. The, the great Hoyter Van Hoytema. See, this is why, for me, Pitt is almost the only reason to watch the film, because I would say the visuals. But if you want these visuals, go watch either Interstellar or First Man, both of which are far superior films, in my opinion. It's doing a real- there's a lot of visually, there's a bit of riffing on 2001, for sure. Yeah. Um, I quite like the- in scenes where it is two people speaking to each other, like, for argument's sake, there's scenes where it's Pitt and Donald Sutherland. Yeah. I really like the kind of lo-fi style of lighting that Hoytum has done in there. There's a lot of things that either are or are designed to look like they're just lit from a single light source in this really unflashy way. And there's a lot about the the design of the film that is quite unflashy, and I really like it. I like the kind of mundane nature of space travel in this film. It really is. It's something that again, going back to 2001, where it really is just this unflashy transit. Uh, I think the film does that really well. Then there's other moments where the film looks really cool, but maybe it's actually too cool. It's like to a level where a high-flying film student is is showing you how cool they can make something look. Yeah. And, like yeah. It, and it does look cool, but I, I'm not sure for me the- the lo-fi nature of some of it quite meshed with the stuff that is just very cool looking. I agree with you completely. And I do think that the cinematography and lighting in particular are very strong. And similar to 2001 Space Odyssey, the use of colour, there's some really cool use of colour and coloured lighting in particular in the film that work really well. Here's my big issue with the film is just the timeline of things. There are so many inconsistencies that pop up in the first 10 minutes that are distracting to my mind. Let's just go into, he says that his father has been gone for- Is it 26 years? 26 years. Says that he disappeared 16 years into his mission. Five minutes after he says it was 16 years into his mission, says that he left when he was 16 and he disappeared when he was 29, which is only 13 years, not 16 years. Then for some reason, every time we flashback, we keep seeing this kid crying about his dad leaving, even though we know that Brad Pitt was 16. Why are we having flashbacks to like a young boy? It's riddled with them. <laughs> but here's the big one for me is then when he goes to the moon, he makes a throwaway statement about how his father would have loved to have seen space travel like this and would have loved to have seen it like this. There is no fucking way that what is established on the moon was established in 26 years. Like, like you said, it's all that very kind of dirty lived in space. It's mundane. It's regular. This is not a 26 year old colony on the moon or less than that. It, it just doesn't add up. We've, we've been in this workspace for nine months. <laughs> Looks like shit. <laughs> no, it, I, I, it just, it honestly just took me out of the film when, when there were lines like that thrown in. And I'm like, you're not even thinking about what you're filming now. <laughs> One thing I found quite distracting is just the presence of Donald Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones in a space film together. Because yeah. I can't not think about 
fucking space cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, and because I had seen no trailers, I'd seen nothing. I had no idea Tommy Lee Jones was in it. So when he popped up, I was like, whoa, mad stunt casting. You were like, yeah, I knew he was in the film. <laughs> I had no idea. It was very surprising. <laughs> I think I think I did know, but I'd forgotten that Ruth Nager was in the film. Yeah. I think she's outstanding in it. Her scenes, I think- yeah. Works so well. Yeah. Uh, you know whose scenes don't work well? What is with Natasha Leon popping up doing her Natasha Leon shtick? Her scenes where she's just randomly there doing her funny shtick thing for no reason at all. Oh, I liked her. What is the point in the one scene she's in? I was into that character. Nah. It's just like, because you turned up and she was just a bit loose. And it was like, because that was when they first got to Mars, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. She's like almost the, I guess you'd say the receptionist She's of like Mars. The receptionist of Mars. <laughs> and immediately it was like, okay, everything is not quite right on Mars. <laughs> immediately. That's what I got from that one character. What, I what, thought because, it was really good. Because they would hire Natasha Leon as their receptionist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk premise. It seems like you were actually quite on board with the whole premise of the film. Shots of Brad Pitt in space? Oh, I, I mean, I mean the story, the plot, the idea that they would get him to communicate with his dad because he's basically a Star Trek villain. You were fine with all of that? I think it's really quite unimportant to the film and to the point of the film. So I don't care that he's a bit pantomime villain because it's not think- about that. Well, what is the film about? Well, for me, and not you, clearly, <laughs> it's about- the internal side of Brad Pitt, his relationship with his father, the nature, both of their struggles with loneliness. And I guess that's the thing is that I wish that's what I'd gotten out of it. And I think for me, it's a really shame that I didn't. Like, I loved those early scenes where he's, you know, where he's got to take his psych test to get permission to fly. And yeah, he's talking. Blade Runner 2049 style. I just wish there was more interest in those scenes other than what we got, because I didn't feel that struggle at all you know the idea you're supposed to get is that oh he's so he's so calm he's cool he's collected his pulse is never higher than 80 he's and then i think due to the short two-hour runtime of the film all of a sudden this switch flips where oh oh no now he's not approved to fly i didn't feel any of that i and i really wish i had one thing here's the thing that that doesn't work for me while i was watching it i'd had this thought and then i heard james gray I can't remember if I heard him say it in an interview or just saw a quote about it, but he was saying that there was, the idea was this kind of a mashup almost of Space Odyssey and Apocalypse Now, which was which I'd thought of during the film, except that both of them involved this journey to this almost mythic person at the end of the film, which for me in Apocalypse Now completely pays off um, with Brando. As much as I like Tommy Lee Jones... The payoff wasn't there for me in this one. When we finally meet him, I wasn't stunned in any way. The film didn't, like, stop in its tracks for me. I was just like, yeah, we knew he was going to be there and now he's Yeah. The other thing for me that's really lost, which which I think would have added, and again, due to the short runtime, is you don't get that sense of how long this journey has taken. At one point, Brad Pitt says that it's been, you know, six weeks or something since he left Earth. And I'm like, wow, really? Because it's been like 20 minutes and it feels like 20 minutes. And that, I think, is 
a real misstep in the filmmaking. And then even then, when he leaves Mars to head to, is it Jupiter, where Tommy Lee Jones is? Neptune. Neptune. What? Some crap planet. <laughs> I will cut you. I was that space kid. And I will cut you. And and the journey is supposedly, again, like months long. You, d- you don't feel that at all. It feels like it's a hop, skip and a jump away. And yeah, that really kills that momentum for me. One thing I I kind of wonder about is whether there's a, a version of this film that could have been just rip off Godfather Part 2 and tell Tommy Lee Jones' story in parallel with Roy's. I would have found that more interesting for sure, yeah. As you said, for you, that's not important anyway. For you, it should be more about the journey. But that's the same for Apocalypse Now, and yet it's still amazing when you get there. I do really like that little bit of that bit of world building at the beginning of the film where he's on. Oh, that was the best the bit of the film for me. Fantastic! By far. Those first ten minutes, I was like, "I'm in this universe. I think this is going to be really cool." And because it was it was different, you were like, oh, "Okay, okay." So he's in space, but then all of a sudden, you realised he's not on space. It's just a real tall building. Tricked the audience nicely, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was very cool. How old is Brad Pitt these days? Fifty-five. He's a good-looking dude. It is so. I know we had this discussion a few weeks ago, but he is a good-looking dude. So I heard a, an interview with James Gray where he said that there were times where they would in this film where they would set up a shot, and they weren't like completely thrilled with the shot, and then Brad would come <laughs> and take his place. Yeah, and they'd be like. Oh, the shot's fired. It's shit hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they'd have, like, you know, the lighting assistant sitting in his place or something while they were setting up. <laughs> How bad would that guy feel? <laughs> and this is something that I'm, like, I think my suspicion is that this was in Tarantino's mind as well with, with this kind of double banger of Brad this year, is that it uses the image and our idea of one of the movie stars of the past 50 years yeah. really well, I think. The strongest element of the film, aside from the visuals, is the score. I thought the score was really, really strong for this film. I liked it a lot. Did you actually notice it? I did, actually. You did? I thought it was good. Well, that's how you know it's a good score. Yeah, I thought that was the strongest element of the film for me. Liv Tyler, mate. Did you know she was popping up? Yep. When you first saw her, did you assume that they were separated? I mean. It becomes apparent quickly, but I can't remember exactly how quickly. That they're not separated. They are separated. They're not separated. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. When he does that recording to send back to her, it's that's not a recording to someone that he's still in I'm, a relationship with. I'm pretty sure it is, mate. That's why he deletes it. No, I'm 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 pretty sure they're together. I don't think they are. Well, I'm I'm reading the Wikipedia. Why? Just just hold on. Hold on. Well, I can tell you that her role is so useless that she's not even mentioned until the very last line where it says he then reconnects with his wife. Reconnects. Suggesting- Uh, Wife, not ex-wife. You said separated, not divorced. No. So, eat shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're You're wrong, though. You're wrong. But I'm obviously not. The only argument you can come up with is that that's what you thought. There's nothing else to support it other than that's what you thought. She is mentioned one other time. Reflects on his relationship with his father as well as his estranged wife, Eve. Estranged could mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were definitely, definitely more positive on this than me. How are you scoring? I'm a six out of ten. 
if someone said to me, should I go watch this movie? I'd be like, sure. Having said that, Parasite is the only other film from 2019 that could possibly challenge the way that this film sat with me after seeing it. Really? So this stayed with you after the viewing? I've been thinking about it for days. I haven't thought about this since. Which, from the just- the conveyor belt of crap that we watched during blockbuster season We've was a good was films, a though. welcome change. So this stayed with you more than, for example, The Nightingale. Yep. Wow. See, that's crazy for me. I did not give this movie a second thought after I walked out. It was. It was. It felt so generic, stock standard action thriller to me that it just left my mind the second I walked out. I swear we watched different movies. This may as well have been fucking Men in Black. It was. <laughs> Like, I am stunned by it that. It felt so generic. I really am. It felt so generic, which really saddened me because I was really hoping for something deeper. And look, maybe I missed the point. I'm not too proud to admit that sometimes I don't get things. I didn't get it. It didn't do it for me. Um, I think we've had some great films this year. I agree with you that blockbuster season was abysmal. But we've had enough great things like The Nightingale, Midsommar. We'll have an interesting time making our top of the year. Oh, I think there's. I think we're on an uptick. I really think there's good stuff coming. Yeah. Okay, six. Interesting. Given you sounded so much more positive, you're not that much better than me. I'm giving it a five. It. I would recommend it to certain people, but it, this wouldn't be a blanket, yeah, go see this movie. The feeling I can't shake is that if it just worked a bit better for me, if I connected with it a little bit more, it would jump from a six to a nine. Like, for me, it's not teetering on, the, like, yeah, giving it a six, not teetering on the edge of a seven. It's a six that, for me, feels within touching distance of genuine greatness that just doesn't make it for me. It's a kind of weird one like that. What are we getting to next week? Uh, patron requests next week. That's right. Going all Coen Brothers, my man Oscar. Yeah, he's very pretty. Love Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis. That's right. Yep. Fun story about that movie. We saw it together. We did. Yeah, we'll tell that story next week. Little little mandate. It's nice. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show and make us watch something, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Go watch a movie. <laughs> you didn't say it. You don't reconnect with someone that you still see at the end of each workday. No, I don't think he's seen her in ages, mate. He's been living up on that giant antenna. She left. Yeah, long. because she left, Billy. No. She left. You see it happen. Oh, that's what I thought. And then halfway through the film, I was like, wait, so they're not separated. I was very confused. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how much of this is getting cut.